is episode 43 of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. This is actually the second part of the conversation I had with John Mackey regarding NFPA and kind of uh, state of the industry to see where we're at within fire protection. Um, on the first part of the episode, we talked about uh, some of the things that we, were happening at NFPA, some of the lithium-ion battery uh, fire technology that's coming out. And um, yeah, the second part's pretty good, getting into some of uh, where the industry's at and where we're headed. So uh, hope you enjoy and please like and subscribe. Thanks. Um, so interesting stuff. Um, what about, uh, I did not have a chance to get by Potter. Um, did you have a chance to see what they had going on? Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty in tune to Potter. You know, I talked to those guys quite a bit. Um, I like what they're doing. It's a lot of, um, you know, their fire alarm side is, is kind of some of, uh, the big players at Honeywell back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. and, and coming over, I, I didn't get a chance to go to their booth. I, or I, I saw Sean and, uh, Sean Heskin, uh, Heskett pretty, pretty quick. And I saw, uh, Craig Summers on the, on the fire alarm side. Um, and I went to their after hours uh get together which was which sure was <laughs> not after hours after show you know yes yes I'm, I'm not an after hours guy anymore but um <laughs> um no i i like what they're doing with um you know fire alarm has traditionally in the last and it still is going this way they're trying to make the industry proprietary which that's not what other that's not what the rest that's not what building owners want. It's not what AHJs want. That's not what maybe some of the contractors want. But I, I feel like the more open you make, I don't know. I don't know why you're going to lock it down. I, I know why they're locking it down and making it proprietary. But Potter seems to be going a little bit in the other direction where it's it's a little bit more open. And they're a little bit more configurable and working with others versus uh, if you're not buying this much from me, you're not going to be a distributor. That means you don't get to work on some of this stuff. Uh, that's that's my opinion. I don't know what they showed at the at the at the, at the show, but um, I know they're making a huge push in fire alarm. And the one the the uh, service providers I talk to, I'm seeing more and more and more Potter distributors. Not even second tier as their distributorship, but first tier, mm -hmm. which is great to hear. You know, and I I agree with you. I think that. You know, the, the strength of our market is having various OEMs that provide technology that we can all benefit from. And what I mean by that is, you know, you look at these large manufacturers that have proprietary equipment that only they can work on. Well, that limits the market, essentially. Yeah. Right? Because they only have so many technicians and they have so many offices that can go service those accounts. And at the end of the day, it's the customer or the building owner that's impacted by that. Yep. Right. So I do see a lot, you know, more value, especially long term, to you know continue to create a market where you have a pathway for the potters and and similar manufacturers that make equipment that is uh, that can be integrated with a number of different solutions. It's not proprietary, but it it serves a great purpose. Um, to fill the need with a good, let's use the context of a panel, so a really good panel that can plug into somebody else's equipment and still do the, the same, you know, detection and releasing controls that, you know, brand A can do. Yeah. 
right? It's still robust, right? And I think that when you look at the profile of the contractors, and you and I have had this conversation before, so let's draw the market, you know, you might say it's 12,000 contractors, I say it's 10,000 contractors, uh, but when you look at the sheer numbers, right, bigger isn't necessarily better in our space. Yeah, There's a lot of richness in those small to mid-sized contractors that need access to those smaller manufacturers. And those smaller manufacturers are the ones that, that open those doors for all of us to have a, you know, a dog in the fight with you, if you will, on some of those bigger projects because of the robustness of their technology. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's the, the, the lockdown of the, and again, I, I get it from the, the, their perspective. I just don't get it as an industry um, uh, or just fly in the wall. There was another technology. I don't know if you saw. Did you, did you see uh, Fire M? I did not see Fire M. So it's it's a small. There there. I might I might be getting their name wrong. I'm trying to look them up right now. But um, uh, guy used to work for Davis Elmer. Um, or it's LVX. I, I, I'm ruining this. So I, LVX Global. Maybe it is. Um, anyway, they have a they have a gateway, and you know to gateway essentially connected to the internet that hooks yep. up to any i don't know about any but it's a wide variety of fire alarm panels mm-hmm. so you're not stuck with um having to have that proprietary nature of it now it's getting around what shouldn't be there in the first place i don't think but um at least there's product coming to the market and i believe nfpa 72 is going to start making it a little bit more open uh in some of the code as it, as it moves moves down the line mm-hmm. at least what i've heard uh from different people but um yeah it was interesting being able to 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 gain access maybe not to gain access but to gain seeing what troubles and supervisories are going off from a fire alarm panel um without being a direct distributor of that panel right yeah yeah i think that you know those type of plugins make a lot of sense because you know again those bigger contractors can't be in all buildings at all times Right. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to create a pathway for um, that next tier to be able to service those accounts and help drive compliance and help drive repairs and, and deficiencies, you know, make sure those systems are operable. Um, I also think that NFPA 915 is also going to set the tone for some of these new technologies like uh, LVX, I'm on that website as well, and FireRM, um, because as the code is in development now, those devices for to plug in do not have to be UL listed. AHJ has to make the approval, right? Right. So that this platform starts to open the the you know the market or the gateway, if you will, well, you know, I, doorway I, for that. If if it's a so I think the, the clarification there for for other listeners out there. So it doesn't need to be UL listed if it's if it's an uh, if if there's any testing component. Mm-hmm. Like on the sprinkler, if you're operating a valve, yep. uh, if, if you're doing anything else, you need to you need to have a listing. But if you're just getting data from an inspection, or just data from a piping system or a network, or whatever, then you don't need a listing. Got and, it. And that's in 25 and 72. But NFPA is kind of like it's it's being pointed to if there's remote inspection, because it's already in 72 and 25 and soon to be at probably 2001. And uh, I don't know if 17A or 17 is going that way, but it probably will. 
um, at least referring to 915. So if you are doing a remote inspection, but it, you're right with the HJ. The HJ is going to have to allow it. And yeah, I think there's going to be have to some education there to the HJ about it. But it's it's similar to all the other NFPA standards. Yeah. So, um, exciting to have that come out in 2023, I believe. Yep. Yeah. I, and. You know, I'm glad to see LVX doing what they're doing because, they, again, we need somebody to, to try to open up those, you know, proprietary systems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, let's see. Got some notes here. Any, anything else? Uh, codes and standards. There wasn't, I mean, there was some stuff on NFPA 25 that was voted on. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, concealed sprinkler head inspection. That was, that was a bit, my biggest takeaway from that, at least. Did you see anything else code-wise? Um, Nothing. I, I know 915 wasn't up for any vote. Um, it's still wrapping up discussions, right, on 915? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that part's fine. Um, 855 was up for a vote, but I didn't read any details specific to what was voted on specific to 855, but I thought there was some voting on 855, which for those who don't know what it is, that's, that's energy storage systems. Yep. Um, and so um, that the, not necessarily get caught up in the details of the code, but 855 and what's going on with ESS. Um, almost every every person I talk to that's in on the clean agent side, <laughs> yeah, and you know watches what's going on with lithium ion and, and detection. I should say is you know watching what happens with 855. So oh yeah, yeah, that's a. I mean, I know there's been a, a ton of fires there, or not ton, but there's been a, a quite a few fires there in the last few years. So. Yeah, it's uh, and unfortunately, municipalities don't know how to deal with it because um, they're they don't have the resources. Um, I know that uh, there was a fire recently in Chandler, Arizona. Um, I learned this from the NAFED conference. Paul Hayes, who's also on 855, gave a presentation at NAFED specific to 855, and talked about the Chandler, Arizona fire, where they they could not put the fire out, but they had to subdue it because. In a, you know, it's a warehouse, and above the warehouse are power lines, high voltage lines. They couldn't let it burn. So over three days, they dropped you know two or three million gallons of water into Jeez. this building in Arizona. To, in Arizona, <laughs> and destroyed the building. <laughs> so, oh uh, so it's 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 tough because I think the fire service is trying to figure out how do we fight these things, um, and there isn't technology out there with how to how to manage how it. to suppress it yeah how to yeah. suppress it you know so yeah it's gotta um, be detection you know? it has to be detection all right i saw a video online earlier this week where you know there's a car fire tesla car fire and the municipality simply just took a bulldozer and dumped sand on it <laughs> oh my gosh let it, let it burn on the side of the road the sand put the fire out but, uh, oh, did there you go? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Class D, uh, uh, you know those extinguishers. <laughs> you just dump the, you know, exactly magnesium, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's interesting. Um, I want to get your to at least talk about it. I know this is only limited to one state. Um, I think you know I talked briefly about it a few weeks ago, but recently the state of Louisiana and the state fire marshal um, got a new legislation passed in the state that create an environment to move off of inspection tags on fire equipment and over to QR codes. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? For just extinguishers or everything? 
everything alarm sprinkler and extinguishers yeah i i know about it i've been trying to follow it uh obviously we're we're heavy with the the compliance software platforms um mm -hmm. and we have some really fun stuff coming down the line uh with that uh hopefully being released soon but um because that's a you know that's a it, you know it's it's being sold to the hj right which it provides them a big value because they're mm -hmm. not having to send out inspectors to all these systems they're they're getting the data from the building owner slash usually the the service provider right um but i don't know too many details about louisiana and i know louisiana is very um well versed with fire protection and they have got a good state fire marshal's office yes. um so they're probably looking forward now qr code um so instead of a fire extinguisher tag it's a qr code sticker Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And so in say Louisiana, you've got a three color code system, green for compliant, yellow for uh, suggested deficiency, and then red for uh, truly deficient. All right. And, and so they're moving away from those types of tags to a QR code. So now the state, I'm not sure how far it's going to go, but they have the ability to then control you know the inspection form itself and then as that form is then uploaded to the state's website uh which is managed by one of these third party uh you know reporting mm -hmm. platforms yep um it creates an environment now the state fire marshal can truly see deficiencies and where things are at are these systems being inspected what's the schedule etc 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 and all through a qr code so the, the fire protection inspector or excuse me the fire protection contractor is pinging that QR code, you know, and here's the form I need to fill out. The state fire marshal shows up to look at it. Boom, he's pulling it up. Now he sees it from his perspective. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting. And um, again, it just passed in the, in the state uh, legislature, I think in uh, at some point in May. And uh, it is, you know, being developed for implementation here. Um, probably, it sounds like I think it's going to be early next year. Wow. Wow, yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, that's kind of going one beyond what uh, Compliance Engine and, and them are doing because that's being, it's pretty, you know, you upload, you know, manually upload the, the form and the deficiencies, which provides great value. Yeah. It's also a big hindrance in a lot of other circumstances. But if it'd be interesting, they're going to the asset level now. And I, that's great. I, I, I'd be intrigued to see how it rolls out. And, uh, and I think, you know, fire alarm and sprinkler is one thing, but like extinguisher, I don't know. Those, those guys don't move too quick. So, um, <laughs> on technology, you I, know, the, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, at the end of the day, the state of Louisiana, like you said earlier, has a very strong state fire marshal's office. Yes. And if there's a state that I can see trying to make this work, if there's a state that has that type of support. Yeah, I, I, I like and, what they're doing. I mean, if, if they can improve on that compliance piece um, mm -hmm. from an HGA's perspective, go for it, right? Yep. Um, it's it's all about the rollout, though. And I feel like if they can roll it out, don't, don't just toss somebody out and tell them to do it. You got to have, you know all the stakeholders involved in the process, Absolutely. Which, which they're probably doing. And I've, you know, I've heard this a few times of, of them doing it. So. 
I, I know they, 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 there were uh, advisory board meetings and there were committee meetings and, and a, a number of the contractors had an opportunity to sit at the table and, and weigh in on their perspective of you know pros and cons about the solution. Yep. Uh, obviously, at the end of the day, not everyone was was happy about it, but mm-hmm. it passed. Wow! <laughs> and so it's it's coming. Um, so to your point, Good. let's see what it looks like in in action yeah. know, over the next uh, you know next couple of years. No, it's uh, it, it's good, and I like the state level push instead of a uh, town by town, city by city. Mm-hmm. Just do it. it. It just makes it so much easier as an industry if we can. There's never going to be a national. Uh, there's national standards, but then it gets so jurisdictional beyond the states. It's um, I mean, and on the on the water and backflow side, it's it's crazy how many different backflow annual just an annual inspection backflow form. There are probably close to a thousand in the u.s that you have to it, it's it's ridiculous and it's not like that you're not making that much money off a of backflow and you have a thousand different backflow forms to manage and they're changing every three years it's crazy <laughs> it's an opportunity for the backflow association to figure out what that you know what oh, that yeah. looks like good luck good luck <laughs> good luck good luck Sincta. Sincta's a kind of a quasi competitor of ours on the backflow side i'm like man i don't know how i don't know how they do it but um <laughs> watts bought that watts bought them a few years ago um speaking of buying it any uh you're you're big on the consolidation side what have you what, what did you get gather anything from nfpa on MA and what's happening well you know um just like any other conference we go to in the industry, there's always chatter about consolidation across the market. Um, you know, NFPA is not a heavy contractor for event. There's, I mean, they're there, but you know, I think it's it's the quality of the contractors and not just sheer numbers yeah. of contractors that come to NFPA. Um, so, yes, you saw some of the big, you know, I'll call them notable contractor platforms. They were there. Um, you know, talk to some of those uh, those folks. And it was really good to see them in attendance, um, walking the floor, talking to vendors, talking to engineering firms, and just really keeping their pulse on what's going on in the industry. Um, I also recognize some of the uh, PE firms, you know, the, 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 the you know, not the bankers, but the, the folks that are running plays in fire, um, really trying to take a broader look at the industry. So some of those firms were there as well. Um, but I did pick up, you know, the, some of the manufacturers now, you know, they've been quiet with regard to the, the buy sell cycle of consolidation. I mean, contractors, we've got deals go down every month, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the manufacturing space, I'm starting to pick up, um, you know, some indicators that, you know, there's some moving parts and pieces, uh, in that side. And we haven't seen that in a long time no. with regard to, you know, manufacturers coming together or somebody else coming into space to acquire a manufacturer. Um, so um, that's going to be interesting to see um, and how that shakes out. Um, most of those are publicly traded companies, so right. very tight lipped on how those things develop. But yep. um, we'll, we, you know, we'll be on the receiving end when it, when it truly comes out. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, all of it highlights the fact that you know, and I said it earlier, I mean, the industry is still really strong. I mean, we're still growing consistently between six and 8% year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at, you know, the new markets that are developing, the new technology that's coming into those new markets, even with consolidation of, of these bigger platforms. And I think you and I've talked about this before, 
you know, company A goes into a major metro market, let's pick Atlanta or, you know, Chicago and buy somebody within a year, boom, two or three new contractors pop up. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And, you know, for one acquisition, boom, you have three new competitors. Yeah. And so that, to me, shows you how healthy the market is. And I think that's been our history over the last 35 years. And that will continue. Yep. And um, that's the the growth or the, the churn, if you will, not the growth, the churn that is healthy for us. Because, um, like I said earlier on, in our space, bigger doesn't necessarily mean you're the best. Yep. Right? At the end of the day, our industry truly operates at the regional level and the local level. Right. And it's those companies that I continue to see really take care of the customers, really stay close to um, how compliance is going to be done, good, tight processes and, you know, sustainable business models. Ultimately, they get acquired. Right. <laughs> and so right. here comes the next one behind it. So right. Right. Um, that's that's the turnover that we need. So, so. There, there's been a lot of last year was heavy acquisition. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Um, this year nah, it has been OK, but. I have seen a bunch of new startup companies um, come out, and I, you're right with the with labor being even the way it is. I think that you're going to continue to see that. So as as acquisition kind of ticks down because of interest rates, and uh, I don't know if it's the interest rates or I, I don't think it'll be as strong as last year. I think it uh, that's almost like a peak, right? Uh, 2021 was the strongest year ever for deals and fire protection. Wow. Right. As it relates to how just pure cash moving through the system. Oh, dollars. Wow. Dollars. Right. So yes, last year was the peak. Uh, This year will not be at last year's 2021 level, but I do, I might, you know, based on reading between the tea leaves and and how I look at the market, I do think we're going to be back to where we were probably 2018, 2019, which is still very, very strong. Very strong. (laughs) Right. And so, um, but yes, you're, you're right. It's going to continue to be um, these smaller firms that, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when somebody came in their market in Charlotte and bought, you know, bought the company they work for three companies started. Well, guess what? Those three companies today are 10 to $15 million in revenue. And, you know, 15, 20% EBITDA and, right. you know, they're looking for a partner. Yeah. And so that's the churn, you know, you said that, you know, on the software side, you get more phone calls in a market after somebody's made an acquisition because someone needs <laughs> yeah. some software, right? So that's number one. Yeah. I was talking to an insurance yeah. carrier in fire protection space in the state of Florida last week. And he said the same thing. He goes, I've lost big customers, but I've picked up more business of small customers. Wow. So it was my business is growing. I just have to work a little bit harder to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, you know, again, at the end of the day, it shows you how strong our industry is. And, you know, as, as even to your point, yes, money's going to get a little tighter uh, with interest rates. Um, you know, whether or not we actually end up in a recession, it's going to influence behavior, uh, both on the buy side and the sell side. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be still well, going to be strong. The, the great part about the fire protection industry yeah, and, and that six to eight percent is is a lot of it's on new building, right? A lot of that's on new installation. Yep. But it's a very recession resistant. It's proved, you know, multiple times. It's very recession resistant. It's also a pandemic resistant yep. uh, industry, and it's it's gonna it's that slow growth 
um, or it's, it's not even slow. It's, it's, it's decent. It's uh decent growth every year. It's just, you know, you got to ride the waves of the, the, the building, um, building industry. Right. Right. But I mean, to your point, right. So, you know, Boston, I think that counted 12 cranes in that, in the area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tons of construction in Boston, yeah. but you go to Chicago, not so much. No. Right. Um, I live in the South. You go to Atlanta, there's gotta be 15 or 20 cranes here in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and so, to your point, yeah, you might see some pockets where the development is slow or you know, not visible. It's still happening. Maybe it's a retrofit and not a rebuild or a new build. Right. Um, but that new construction is going on somewhere in the United States. Yeah. You know, it might be in Phoenix. It might be in Denver. It might be in Austin, Texas. It might be in Atlanta. It might be in Charlotte. It might be in Miami. But it's happening somewhere. And yeah. so just because you don't see those cranes in, you know, Chicago or Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Drive to the beach. Yeah, drive, drive south. <laughs> drive south. Uh, it's happening. I mean, I live in the south, and I mean, everywhere I go, uh, more and more construction. A lot of it's residential condos and yep. and uh, you know, tourism stuff. But you know, we'll take it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. Any anything else from uh, from NFPA? Uh. Any 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 other big? Um, it was just great to be there, and the weather was awesome as well. And just, uh, we had a, that first day, we, we had a lot of traffic, uh, internationally, which was great to see with, with everything going on with travel restrictions and all that. I, I saw a lot of Latin America, saw a lot of Middle East, saw a lot yep. of, um, Canada. Um, I think Canada's just ready to go out and party, you know, <laughs> they've been locked up for, for a while. Uh, you know, I want to get up there to go to one of their parties because, uh. <laughs> You know, they're always fun. Yes. Um, no, I agree. I think that, you know, I did run into a lot of people from Europe, um, you know, and Netherlands, uh, UK, uh, Germany. Um, that was really good to see. Um, again, and they're all you're looking for the same thing. We have the same hazards. We've got the same issues. Um, and, and we need to make this trip every year to really understand, you know, how do we solve for those problems? Um, I had you know, breakfast one morning on Wednesday morning with uh, uh, some guys from Australia, just talking about what's going on in the Australia market. And, you know, they look forward to NFPA every year because that's how they understand what's going on in the market. Even though NFPA is very centric to the United States and you know, I'll say North America with regard to codes and standards and influence, you know, all those manufacturers are shipping material and equipment around the world. Yes. Right. Yeah. And Australia has the same hazards we, you know, that we do here in the States. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it was really interesting to hear their perspective about, um, you know, what they're trying to tackle. No, so, it's, but, it's interesting. I saw, I met, I met uh, one of our, our, our competitors actually from Australia came over and, and uh, chatted with me and uh, yeah, it was just, it was refreshing. They were, they were really nice, but uh, um, it, was, it was a cool business model and they're, they have different challenges over in, in Australia and their, their code system seems a little better, but you're right. They have to get the material from, you know, those U S manufacturers essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, overall, like I said, at the beginning, just, you know, really good show. Um, you know, if you look at the circuit, you know, between we started the, the conference season in, in February with the FSSA fire suppression systems association in Florida, uh, Three NAFEDs. I didn't do all three. I did two. <laughs> uh, two NAFEDs and then NFPA. And all all of them highlighted the fact that everyone was really excited to be together. Uh, the strength of the industry doesn't matter if you're a special hazard contractor 
manufacturing um, or fire extinguisher uh, distributors, um, all doing very, very well. I'm looking forward to the AFSA event mm-hmm. uh, in October in um, in Las Vegas. Uh, and I expect the, the same um, tone, if you will, uh, about the optimism of the space. And yep. um, just really happy that we're uh, we're back in person. Yeah, it's it's great, and and there's some good shows coming up. And yeah, at AFSA. Uh, I don't think I'll be there, but I'll be at NFSA speaking. Um, and then SFPE should be a, should be decent. I don't, I won't be there. And then some of the local. I, you're going to uh, the Florida Fire Equipment. Yeah, the Florida Fire Equipment Dealers Association uh, meeting here at the end of July. And oh, that's so, in July. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's in Orlando. Um, the Man, Orlando uh, in July. Come on. Uh, the locals in uh, Florida have no problem going, and I live yeah, in Alabama. Nobody's, so. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's either ninety-five and humid here, or ninety-five and humid in Orlando. So <laughs> the same. Um, so um, looking forward to that conference. I went last year for the first time. I heard so much about it uh, back to my days at Ansel, um, and it's just a, a tight-knit group of folks that you know, obviously, very passionate about. Um, you know, the fire equipment business and and uh if my numbers are right state of florida alone has 400 fire extinguisher distributors wow registered registered wow. and in the state association so um you know that's bigger than most states yes <laughs> uh across the country so um, um so a good tight-knit group and uh, looking forward to the, the conference and and uh you know reconnect with some of those folks down there as well yeah, it's going to be, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, next, next, the fall, usually summer's a little break other than this show. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see that, the, you know, NFPA have a good time and they're rolling out stuff themselves. NFPA, I'm, I'm interested to see where they're kind of heading as an organization and nonprofit. And, um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to do this. Uh, I guess this is an annual thing here, John. We'll have to do some, you know, we'll have to do it more often. You know, well, once this uh, recession hits us in uh, in a few months or the fall, you know, stuff might change. <laughs> we won't be able to travel anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, obviously, Drew, I always look forward to the opportunity to, you know, to do this with you and just share perspectives of, of the industry and what we see and and share that with your, you know, your followers and, and subscribers. And, and um, you know, I remember being at NAFED in Indianapolis and someone came up to me and said, when are you guys doing your next podcast? Ah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so hopefully we, uh, we gave them some information that uh, was worthwhile and it was a good lesson for them and, and uh, look forward to the next opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again. Uh, you want, you want to give a plug uh, where, where we can find it? You want to give uh, Nolan's plug again, you know, feel free. Yeah. So um, uh, Nolan, uh, my son, uh, Nolan Mackey, uh, the company that he's standing up or starting right now is called, uh, active hyphen resume and it's a c t i v e hyphen resume.com um, so take a look at the website and uh, what it's all about um, it's a startup so as drew knows when you're bootstrapped <laughs> friends and family come in and help wherever you can and yeah and uh, you gotta start somewhere and uh, he's given this a good shot and um, and he's been well received he's met with a number of people across the space and and uh, they're anxious to see what he can develop. So, um, so check out Nolan's website. And then uh, for for uh, myself and my business, um, 
my uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, John Mackey, and then my website is MackeyGroupLLC.com. And uh, we're dropping monthly blogs. I'm working on my blog for uh, for June right now. Um, you know, once the link for this podcast is up, I'll push that out to the website and LinkedIn as well. Just like Drew will do the same. Yep. Um, but, and, you know, just talks about my company and what we do. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, just doing what I can to help with the growth and sustainability of the fire protection space. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's a, it's always fun to to have you on and talk, talk industry stuff. So, so thanks, right. man. Thanks. Yeah. This has been episode 43 of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. Thanks for listening to this two-parter on NFPA and the fire protection industry with uh, John Mackey. Uh, again, appreciate all the relationship out there. And uh, if you have any recommendations for uh, episodes coming up, please feel free to reach out. Um, toss them into social media, email sales at inspectpoint.com. And hope to see you here again soon. Thanks again.